What's up, everybody? This is your main man, Tyler, here at the Around the Bases podcast. And we are here with week three of the uh, Division One softball schedule. Um, if you hear noise in the background, right now I have uh, watching ACC Network waiting for the Georgia State-Georgia Tech softball game to start. And you might hear some lacrosse for now. Uh, they're about to finish up, so then you'll hear Georgia State and Georgia Tech coming up here, maybe, in the background. Um, but we got a lot to get to, a lot to recap. Uh, I wanted to make one note. Uh, Marist was selected as the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference champion, preseason champions. At this point, the Big Ten's not going to release one because they released their uh, weekly players of the week and pitchers and uh, of the week and everything. So at this point, really not even that much worth it to um, talk about at this point. Um, but having said that, let's go ahead and just dive right into the week two recap and get you caught up on everything that you may have missed this past week. And here we go. All right. So Savannah Rice had a hell of a game to open week two, hitting two home runs for all five of Western Carolina's runs, as well as striking out 11 in the circle in their 5-1 win over Georgia State in Game 1 of their doubleheader last Wednesday. And Georgia State took Game 2, 2-1 to split that doubleheader, who conveniently, like I said, is playing Georgia Tech now on the ACC Network. Um, Western Carolina, very good mid-major program, someone that definitely should be looked out for. Uh, to maybe make some noise uh, moving forward. Uh, but congratulations, Savannah Rice, on a hell of a performance. Stephanie Gonzalez's pinch hit two-run homer in the top of the seventh kept South Alabama alive, but ultimately Florida State got the 4-3 to three win uh, behind Catherine Sandercox seven strikeouts as they left for Clearwater the next day on Thursday last week. Caitlin Wells hit a walk-off to lift Elon past North Carolina 4-3. In my opinion, this is a huge upset. Um, and because UNC looked great through the first weekend, I thought they would carry over that momentum. Um, and Elon has been known to be a challenge to some in the past. I mean, they've been reason James Madison hasn't been perfect in conference play before. Um... Uh, and, and even though they lost one of their best players in Ali Repco to Virginia Tech in the transfer portal, I it just came off as a very shocking result in my opinion. But Kenley Hawks' 13 strikeouts led Mississippi State in an eight to nothing six inning win over Alabama State in the second game of their doubleheader. Lindsey Wall Jasper threw a complete game to lead Charlotte past South Carolina 6-1. Freshman Mia Scott had two triples, and freshman Sophia Simpson had nine strikeouts in four and a third innings pitched to lead Texas past McNeese State 8-4 last week. Um, and... As things would happen, that was a sign of things to come for Texas down at the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational. But we'll get to that here as we go through the recap of the week. Louisiana Monroe throws a combined, or ULM, 
for short, through a combined perfect game in their 12-0 five-inning win over Jackson State. They're off to a very good start out in the Sun Belt. Um, so maybe they should. the Sun Belt should have a five uh, teams to look out for as we go through the season. And I'll talk about South Alabama a little bit more later on in this recap. But um, Sun Belt is a very deep conference at the top of softball and we'll only be adding more with the additions of James Madison, Marshall, and Southern Miss. Um, but Missouri handled their business in a 6 to nothing win over Florida Gulf Coast. They couldn't replicate their magic on their home field against um, a, a top 25 opponent like they did with Texas. And maybe that was a sign of things to come for Texas again, but, you know, you know, Florida Gulf Coast may have just had that one good game. Who knows? Leanna Johnson pitched all eight innings as Troy won the battle of decent mid-majors as they took down UAB 6-3 on the road. Leanna Johnson also earned both Sunbelt Pitchers of the Week so far. So, I mean, she was selected preseason Pitcher of the Year, so... Should be no. This could should come as no surprise to anyone that keeps up with Troy or the Sun Belt for that matter. Um, Northwestern State took down Louisiana Tech three to two on the road. I didn't think the. I thought uh, Louisiana Tech was better, um, but apparently the Lady Demons just had the had the recipe for success on Wednesday last week, or whatever it may be. Uh, but Maggie Balance, 11 strikeouts, led San Diego State past San Diego 3-1. to And I will talk more about Maggie Balance uh, in the s- statistic leaders category uh, discussion I'll have later. Um, but th- that was all for Wednesday. To kick off Thursday, Tennessee used a balanced effort throughout their entire lineup to get the 11-3 win, uh, 11-3 six-inning win over Notre Dame to kick off St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational. But in that game, they also lost Ashley Rogers for the rest of the weekend due to a medical issue. And later that day, Florida State went on to take down Tennessee 9-3. This, uh, we don't know the extent of whatever this medical issue was for Ashley Rogers. Um... But that could be a massive blow to Tennessee's chances at doing damage in the playoffs, depending on what this is. If Ashley Rogers, for any reason, gets shut down um, because of this medical issue, um, Tennessee might be in trouble. I mean, they have Aaron Edmondson transferred from Texas Tech. She's not a bad pitcher by any means. Um but certainly we're, we found out, we were finding out a lot about Tennessee's younger pitching, for sure. And it it was okay throughout the weekend. There wasn't anything too special. Um, but we'll talk about Tennessee in a little bit more as we go on through this recap. Four runs in the fifth led Auburn past Texas Tech 7-1. to one. Then Valerie Cagle had eight strikeouts in four innings pitched to lead Clemson over Texas Tech 8-0, five-inning win. 
Kayla Conwent returned to the Wisconsin lineup on the big stage in style, hitting a home run in four RBIs to lead Wisconsin past Central Florida 9-1 in five innings. And needless to say, but Kayla Conwent is an absolutely huge piece to Wisconsin's lineup. And because of her impact, Wisconsin had an absolutely fantastic weekend and is now ranked in the major polls. So, team to look out for in the Big Ten. Michigan should take note of what Wisconsin was able to do this weekend. Despite Autumn Pease throwing 11 strikeouts in six innings pitched for Minnesota, Danae Chapman of Grand Canyon hit a walk-off homer to give them the 8-7 win. Another surprising result. Um, Autumn Pease just hasn't looked like the ace this far for Minnesota. Minnesota's been having a little bit of struggles early on in this season. And their rough day continued by losing at Arizona State 8-0 in six innings. So, Minnesota's having a tough time this season thus far. Um, I, I still had Michigan as the tops team in the Big Ten, but I thought Minnesota would be playing better behind Autumn Pease in the circle. Uh, maybe they just lost too many pieces, what have you, but that's just the way I saw it. Um, Allie Bunker's home run, three RBIs, led Oregon to 7-3 win at Texas State. Another decent team from the Sun Belt um, that made the tournament last year. BYU scored four runs in the top of the sixth off Alana Valter to take down Stanford 4-3. And then later that day, Macy Simmons hit a three-run homer in the bottom of the sixth to come back and help BYU take down San Jose State 8-5. So all I said BYU was a little bit disappointing after their first weekend because of some of the games they played in. Um, BYU only has one loss through two weekends. so And they are receiving votes in the ESPN.com USA Softball poll. So... I guess I can't say I'm really that disappointed BYU's getting the wins. Some of them may not be pretty by any means, um, but BYU is certainly having a decent start to the season. Miranda Johnson got thrown out at home as the tying run in the bottom of the seventh as Wisconsin once again was able to get a win holding off Notre Dame in that 2-1 to win to finish day one in Clearwater. Um... So, again, Wisconsin had a great weekend, for sure. No doubt about it. Um, Kristen Fifield had two homers, six RBIs for Grand Canyon in their 9-0 five-inning win over LIU. Just a big performance that I'd like to highlight. Uh, Jamie Stewart's three-run homer in the top of the seventh gave Cal State Northridge the lead over San Diego State for good as they rallied to win 6-4. to four. Um, What I'm learning from San Diego State thus far this season is uh, if Maggie Ballant isn't in the circle, maybe this team isn't as good as they should be. But... Maybe that'll evolve. I mean, things change and evolve throughout the season. That's just how it goes. Um, so maybe we'll see San Diego State improve as other pitchers are in the circle. But we'll just have to wait and see. 
And that takes care of Thursday. Moving on to Friday, Kelly Maxwell threw 10 strikeouts and allowed only one hit as Oklahoma State took down Michigan 4 to nothing. Uh, what a result that was. Michigan, uh, you know, Oklahoma State had a very decidingly awesome win there. Jamie Bailey hit the walk-off to lift Missouri past South Alabama 3-2. to Then later that day, Missouri took out uh, North Carolina 5-2 to down in the spring games in Leesburg, Florida. So Missouri, after looking a little lackluster the first weekend of the season, got their ship righted a little bit this past week. Northwestern took down Texas Tech 9-6, and then Maeve Nelson hit a walk-off three-run homer to help Northwestern upset UCLA 6-4 in eight innings. Huge result, not only for the Big Ten, but for Northwestern. Um... And Megan Framo had 14 strikeouts in that loss, but Danielle Williams was the story for a big part of Northwestern's weekend. Um, Northwestern, safe to say, had a very decent weekend as well. Uh, Auburn took down Wisconsin 9-3, nothing really to highlight there. Wichita State took down Illinois 8-3 after their game with Arkansas on Thursday was postponed. Um, this result didn't really surprise me. I expect a lot of big things out of Wichita State, but seemed pretty standard in my opinion. Uh, Tori Knichi used 10 strikeouts and Kylie Halverson singled in the 8th to lead South Dakota State to a 2-1 8-inning win over Oregon State. Um, if you're looking for a mid-major off the radar to produce a... James Madison-esque World, Women's College World Series run. I think South Dakota State is a... The Jackrabbits are certainly a place you could look as a team that could be able to do that. Tori, if Tori Kanichi is pitching basically every game like I would expect she would come the uh, postseason, it's tough to say that South Dakota State doesn't have a chance against anyone they might come up against. Uh, but Bailey Klingler hit two home runs as Washington steamrolled Tennessee 11 to five without or 11 to nothing in five innings without Ashley Rogers. Then Bailey Klingler and Sammy Reynolds both hit another home run later that day in Washington's nine to four win over LSU. Jana Johns had a home run in five RBIs in Oklahoma's 15 to one five inning win over McNeese State. Oklahoma just looking like the absolute juggernaut that they always seem to be. Uh, Carly Keeney threw a no-hitter to help Liberty to its first win of the season in a 9-0 five-inning win over Maryland. Liberty finally got that first win. They didn't lose at all this past weekend, so um, certainly a good sign for Liberty Flames and their fans, they could also make a, a deep run in the tournament as well. Uh, Savannah Dietrich's 14 strikeouts led Ole Miss to a 2-1 to win over Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky's a solid mid-major as well. Ole Miss has been having a lot of weird and surprising results in my mind this season, but 
you know, that might just be how I'm perceiving it. Uh, where am I? Uh, Florida State cruised past Texas in a 9-2 win down in Clearwater. Texas's rough day uh, continued thanks to Matty Penta's nine strikeouts as Auburn took them down 6-2. to two. Again, part of Texas having an absolutely terrible weekend down in Clearwater. Wright Madeline threw a no-hitter in Charlotte's 8-0 five-inning win over UConn. Maybe UConn's not as strong as I was hoping or expected them to be, but I still think they contend, contend for the Big East title with Villanova and DePaul. Coriana, um, uh, sorry if I mispronounced your name, Anderson, hit a two-run walk-off homer to lead Longwood past Wichita State 4-2. to two. Another, Longwood has proven year after year they can beat good competition. They did it last year at Georgia. This time they went and took down Wichita State. <clears throat> and you'll see another result, as I, or you'll hear another result as I go on through this later. Uh, but Georg Georgina Corrick threw another masterpiece that she allowed only two hits and struck out nine in South Florida's 7 nothing win over Notre Dame. Michigan took down Central Florida 6-0. Central Florida certainly had a down week, um, to, say the, to say the least, down in Clearwater. Um, but they were able to salvage it at one point, which we'll get to later. Uh, Rylea Smith hit a walk-off double to lift Kentucky past Loyola Marymount 7-6 in 8 innings. That could have been a very good win for Loyola Marymount. Bad loss for Kentucky. Didn't work out that way. Uh, Baylor shut down Oregon as they pulled off the upset at home in game one, three to nothing. Oregon came back and won game two, eight to four, setting up a rubber match between the two on Saturday. Portland State took down Cal easily, seven to one. Maybe it's just I expect more out of Power Five teams, but I really thought Cal was good enough to beat Portland State. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those cliches that you hear all the time that of um, any given day, anyone can beat anyone else. Uh, Utah held off a late rally from Sacramento State to get the win 9-8. Iowa held off a rate, late rally from South Dakota State to get the 2-1 win. South Dakota State almost had a very another very good win on their resume. Southern Illinois got the win at Mississippi State with a 4-3 win. I'm going to be honest, Mississippi State's not impressed me this season, and I think there's a, a, there's a chance that they might miss the NCAA tournament and that the SEC won't get every team in like they have in la or like they did last season. Uh, but LSU got a huge 10-2 win over a six-inning win over Oklahoma State before their showdown with Washington. Mary Half had a great performance for Arkansas, taking down Illinois 6-3. Keely Rochard and Montana Fouts had 11 strikeouts each, but Abby Doer drove home the only run in Alabama's 1-0 win. Absolutely, that if you're looking for a definition of a pitcher's duel, that game was certainly it. Missouri State kept it close but couldn't take down Texas A&M as they fell 4-1. 
Leanna Johnson threw a 14 strikeout no hitter as Troy took down Eastern Kentucky nine to nothing in five innings. Again, if Leanna Johnson's in the circle, you should be following along as Troy has shown um, in the past. Valerie Cagle had 13 strikeouts for Clemson, while Aaron Edmondson had 11 strikeouts for Tennessee. But she ultimately had the throwing error that allowed Clemson to walk it off 4-3 in the ninth inning. Clemson had a decent weekend. Um, well, at least Thursday and Friday they did. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Saturday and Sunday here in a minute. Uh, but Gianna Mancha had 10 strikeouts and 4 innings pitched as she led Central Florida past Texas Tech 7-3 in 8 innings. Skyler Wallace's homer and 4 RBIs led Florida past Duke 9-3. I thought Duke would keep it a little bit closer, but there's a reason that Florida is ranked 4th um, in the nation right now. Uh, Nicole Amodio's three-run homer leads Boston University to the win at Georgia 6-1. Boston University is that team that always does good things against good competition. Um, they can always press a really good team. Um, and Boston University has once again shown that they can get the job done. I, I, if I remember correctly, they said this is Boston University's first win against an SEC program since 2009. Um, but this is just, they're, they give top competition a tough time. And which is even better considering they lost Allie DeBoer, or Allie Dubois, excuse me, uh, to Florida State. But Bree Peck saved Virginia Tech from a bad loss with a two-run walk-off homer to beat Middle Tennessee State 3-2. Um, DePaul absolutely smashed Iowa 13-0 in five innings. I thought that was very surprising. Um... Considering that Iowa took down a decent South Dakota State team earlier that day, it's just very surprising to me. Weber State scored four in the top of the seventh to take down UNLV on the road 6-5. And that is all I had from Friday, so let's look at Saturday. Um, to kick off Saturday, Haley Azevedo's 10 strikeouts led UCLA to a shutout of Auburn in their 9-0 six-inning win. Miranda Johnson drove in the winning run in the top of the seventh to give Notre Dame the 8-6 win over LSU, which was a great game to watch. Um, Texas State took down McNeese State 5-3. Not exactly surprising, but it was a good game nonetheless. Uh, Danielle Williams, 11 strikeouts, I talked about her a little bit earlier, led Northwestern over Clemson, 7 to nothing. Valerie Cagle didn't pitch in that game, but Northwestern is having an absolutely great start to their season. Oh, and forgive me earlier, Wisconsin isn't ranked yet. They are receiving votes in both major polls, though. Northwestern is the one that's ranked now. Um... So, and it's, Daniel Williams is a huge part of this team in the circle. Tennessee took down Central Florida 6-2. to two. Central Florida didn't have the, uh, again I mentioned it, Central Florida doesn't have the, didn't have the greatest weekend. Um, 
But James Madison held off UConn late to start the season with a 9-5 win with Charlotte later. And then Lindsey Wall-Jaspers, 10 strikeouts, out-dueled Alyssa Humphrey, 7 strikeouts as Charlotte took down James Madison 6-1. Michaela Frazier's two-run homer in the bottom of the fifth broke the pitcher's duel that was going on. Ultimately, JMU and Charlotte were neck and neck until that bottom of the fifth inning, and then Charlotte just managed to get some home runs off of Alyssa Humphrey, and that was that's that's all that all there was at that point. Um, but two really good programs going against each other, and Charlotte just happened to get the better of them late in that game. Uh, needless to say, well, I'll get to it later. Um, Florida State won the pitcher's duel with Michigan 2-1. to one. Um, So Michigan had a so-so kind of weekend down in Clearwater. They had some good wins, some losses that they could have probably won. Uh, you know, one of those situations. Uh, but Arkansas held off a late rally by Wichita State to get the 7-4 to four win. Uh, basically replacing the game unless they want to make up that game that got postponed from Thursday. Um, which is our state just wasn't get able to get the win there. Uh, that could have been a huge win for their program. Uh, Georgia got revenge on Boston University the next day by handing them an 8-1 to loss. Couldn't replicate the magic that they did the day before. That's okay. Uh, nothing against that, but... It is what it is. Hope Troutwine had a threw a eight strikeout no hitter miss perfection by having a walk, and Jocelyn Allo hit two more home runs to lead Oklahoma to an eleven nothing five inning win over McNeese State. Jocelyn Allo hit two more home runs uh, to bring her to ninety four in her career later that day which is one behind Lauren Chamberlain for the all-time home run record in their 13-0 five-inning win over Houston. Another shocking result, Monmouth took down North Carolina 2-0. What I'm learning basically from this weekend is that North Carolina's offense isn't going to be the greatest thing for them this season. Their greatest strength is clearly pitching and limiting uh, teams from overpowering them with their offense. Um, but ultimately, North Carolina took the L in that game. So, uh, Georgina Cork shut down Oklahoma State's offense in a 7-1 to win for South Florida. Again, South Florida was just hanging outside of the top 25. They were receiving votes. And now they're ranked this week because of those victories that they've earned. So, Georgina Cork makes South Florida an absolute must-watch team moving forward. Um, South Florida-Wichita State, that is going to be absolutely fantastic series to watch when we get to that in American Conference play. Um, but Georgina Cork is absolutely sensational pitcher. Uh, Taylor Sanders walked it off for Western Kentucky in their 4-3 8-inning win over Southeast Missouri. Um, two teams projected to be at the top of their conferences. South Dakota State took down DePaul 5-3. Um, again, South Dakota State's picking up another solid victory 
uh, for their resume. Oregon used seven runs on the top of the seventh to win the series at Baylor 10-4. to I didn't expect Baylor to win the series, but I did expect Oregon to sweep that series at Baylor. Um, so when Baylor took game one of that series on Friday, I was a little shocked, but Oregon responded in kind by taking the next two. So everything evened out, essentially. Uh, Allie Shipman's two-run homer in the bottom of the sixth lifted Alabama past Virginia Tech 2 to nothing. as Emma Lemley and Lexi Kilfoyle both had seven strikeouts in yet another pitching tool. Um, what we saw between Alabama and Virginia Tech week this weekend uh, very easily could be a super regional preview. I'm not even joking about that. Um those two that that game those two games they played were very worthy of a, a super regional game series so don't be shocked if you see Alabama Virginia Tech for a spot in the women's college world series on the line uh, down in the Rhodes house in Tuscaloosa come uh, the end of May uh, but UNCG scored six runs in the last two innings to down George Washington seven to three. George Washington, I even though they're projected to win, or they were the A10 coaches projected them to win uh, the Atlantic 10. I think they're not as good as I thought they were going to be, so it's not a surprise. Excuse me, that UNCG took them down. Gabby Plains nine strikeouts and Bailey Klingler's solo homer lifted Washington past Texas Tech one to nothing. Washington almost took a bad loss there, but ultimately they stayed undefeated to that point. Um, Mackenzie Herzog's double for RBIs led Texas A&M to a comeback 7-5 win over Stephen F. Austin. That would have been a great win for Stephen F. Austin. Uh, Megan Framo shut the door on Texas as UCLA took them down 2-1. Another loss for Texas this week. And I'm still not done talking about how bad of a weekend Texas had yet. Um, but UCLA was good to rebound from their loss to Northwestern and get that win over Texas. Mary-Kate Brown's grand slam in the third helps Central Arkansas take down Mississippi State in a 5-3 to three win. Again, Central Arkansas is one of those teams that always plays top competition tough, it seems. Uh, they took down LSU. They took down someone else. Uh, I think I mentioned it earlier. Um, somewhere, maybe. Maybe I didn't mention it already. Uh, but Central Arkansas has taken down some very good teams in the past, so this should could not come as a surprise. But like I said, I don't think Mississippi State is as strong. Uh, they might be the weakest team in the SEC. So uh, Alex Draco's 11 strikeouts helped lead Michigan past LSU 6-1. And Allie Skaggs' sack fly walked it off for Arizona at home against Loyola Marymount 4-3, so they had, Arizona had to walk it off on Loyola Marymount 2. Sidney Sickles threw a 16-strikeout no-hitter to lead Illinois past Western Illinois 7-0. She was an error away from a perfect game, and that error occurred in the seventh inning. So she was very nearly had a 16 strikeout perfect game. 
Um, kudos to her because she's led Illinois to receiving votes in major polls. So good for her. <clears throat> Millie Thompson's nine strikeouts weren't enough as Wisconsin took down Clemson two to one in eight innings. This was the start of Clemson, or well, the Northwestern loss was the start of Clemson, start of falling off on the weekend. Uh, Bailey Klingler hit home the winning run in the top of the seventh to take down Oklahoma State 7-6. to six. Oklahoma State was having a very tough weekend, much like Texas was. Firmly planting Oklahoma as the number one team in the Big 12, as if there was any question to that. Uh, Leanna Johnson's eight strikeouts lifted Troy past Ole Miss 4-3. Like I said, Leanna Johnson, fantastic mid-major pitcher. Um, and she led the uh, Troy Trojans to win over an SEC team. So she's absolutely worth watching if you have the chance to watch. Kayla Dunn had 14 strikeouts for Georgetown as they took down Furman 4-3. Southern Illinois was down 6-1, came back and beat Central Arkansas 9-6 in a game between two teams that had beaten Mississippi State in on that weekend. In a game where there were 25 runs, 21 hits, and 11 errors, which can only be described as one of the wildest games I've ever witnessed in my life. Central Florida took down Texas 15-10, dropping the Longhorns to 0-4 on the weekend. And watching that on the Longhorn Network, which is not an HD channel for me, um, so the picture was condensed and I didn't get the clearest quality for that game, uh, but it was wild. You never knew what was going to come next. Pitchers weren't... Uh, they weren't, you know, setting people down, striking them out. It was, and there were errors all over the place. Texas's defense has been bad thus far in the season. Um, it was, it was just not a pretty game to watch, but it was wild in every sense of the word. So Central Florida picked up a great win. Texas is almost out of the rankings right now because out of the top 25 because of the weekend that they had which is shocking because they have a very deep pitching staff and their lineup is just committing way too many errors in the field right now um longwood again takes down another top opponent in illinois in a five to three win so Longwood picks up two fantastic wins over <clears throat> uh, Wichita State and Illinois in the past weekend. And then Kentucky won the battle in the desert with Arizona in a 7-6 win Saturday night. Kentucky looked like they were going to run away with that game at first, but ultimately Arizona was able to fight back and at least make it look like a really good game. Um, but there were no doubts in my mind from looking at the stats of that game that Kentucky was the better team in that game. Arizona just hasn't gotten off to a super flying start in their first two weeks without Coach Candre as the head coach. That's just me, my personal opinion, but 
It is what it is. Uh, Autumn Pease's eight strikeouts led Minnesota past Arizona State 7-5. to five. So at least Minnesota State was able to recover uh, from their loss at thir- Arizona State on Thursday night and was able to come back, refocus, and get the win 7-5 to five on Saturday night. And that's it for Saturday. So let's move on to Sunday. Hannah File walked it off for, um, for Louisville, former uh, JMU standout. In their three to two eight inning win over Villanova, Paige Rowell did not pitch in that game, but Louisville was able to get the a very solid win over a very good Villanova team. Even though Paige Rowell didn't pitch, she didn't have a hit in that game either. So, Allie Kilpinen's eight strikeouts led LSU past Texas Tech two to nothing. Alyssa Humphrey threw 12 strikeouts in JMU's 11-5 win over UConn. So JMU started the weekend, or James Madison started their uh, season after World, Women's College World Series with a 3-1 record. So, um, And we'll talk more about their schedule for this upcoming week because it gets a lot tougher this weekend. Um, but James Madison, without all of their stars from their Women's College World Series run last season off to 3-1 start, not bad, and they beat UConn uh, twice, who I think can, like I said, I think they can contend for the Big East title, but Danielle Williams' nine strikeouts weren't enough as Julia Cottrell and Cheyenne Factor hit back-to-back home runs to give Oklahoma State the 4-3 win. Um... Unfortunately, that one was Northwestern taking a loss on the weekend, but they did. Um, they had a very solid weekend. Oklahoma State just happened to right the ship on Sunday to be able to get the win. Valerie Cagle's 10 strikeouts and home run at the plate hand Washington their first loss of the season in a 2-0 loss to Clemson. So Valerie Cagle, one-woman show, took down Washington basically by herself. Uh, but Jocelyn Allo tied the home run record of 95 home, career home runs all time um, in their 8-0 five-inning win for Oklahoma over Houston on Sunday. So it's only a matter of time. She's All she needs is one. Um, Texas goes winless in Clearwater as they gave up seven runs in the top of the fifth to lose to Notre Dame 9-2. Notre Dame had a good weekend. <clears throat> Texas and Texas LSU and Oklahoma State did not have the best of weekends down in Clearwater and Central Florida. But wow, I I don't even know where to start with how bad of a weekend that was. Texas has a losing record. Texas is five and six right now. Um, just think about that. With all the pieces that they have there. It's very shocking to me, and they are 100% my disappointment, not only of the week, but of the season thus far. Um, pinch hitter Taylor Linguari, Linguari, Linguari so, uh, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing your name, walks it off for Maryland as they upset Missouri 1-0. Great win for Maryland, and Missouri continues their theme of losing... Uh, uh, games that they really shouldn't uh, that they had in their first weekend. 
Uh, but UCLA took down Wisconsin 5-1. Nothing to note really there. Tory, McCre- uh, Tory McQueen's 10 strikeouts and in 4 innings pitch lead Illinois to a huge win at Arkansas 8-6. Illinois scored 6 runs in the last 2 innings to get the win. So, huge win for Illinois, which is why they're receiving votes in the top 25 this week. Auburn took down South Florida 5-1. to one. At some point, you had to think South Florida wasn't going to just keep winning every game down in Clearwater, so naturally Auburn had to be the one to take them down. Catherine Sandercock and Emma Wilson combined to no-hit Central Florida as Florida State gets the 8-0 five-inning win. But later that day, South Florida recovered, and Georgina Corrick had 13 strikeouts as she led South Florida past Wisconsin 2-1. Yet again, another masterful performance from Georgina Cork. Kaylee Harding walked it off for Florida State in the ESPN televised game against UCLA 4-3 in the 8th inning. Um, Florida State... Went undefeated at St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational. It is the third time it has happened in the tournament's young history. And Florida State has done it two of those three times. So Florida State essentially won the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational. If you want to look at it that way. Um, Liberty knocked South Alabama down to 1-8 on the season with an 8-2 win. Again, I cannot reiterate enough, South Alabama is a lot better team than their record suggests. They are just having a hard time beating top competition right now. And that's and that's good when it comes to conference play because you're playing top competition early to prepare yourself for those tough games later. Uh, but Mariah Maison fired eight strikeouts in Oregon State's 7-2 win over Iowa. As long as Oregon State has Mariah Maison, they have a shot at winning games against top competition. Kayla Chavez hit a game-winning run in the top of the eighth to lead Minnesota over Cal 7-6. Old Miss held off Troy late to get the 8-7 win, so those two split two games. Um, and both won by one run, so Old Miss and Troy, very even teams. UNCG crushed George Washington 10-1 to in six innings. Like I said, George Washington may maybe not as good as I thought they were, but UNCG is handling their business and winning these games. Blake Nelliman, who happens to be um, pitching for Georgia Tech in the game that I'm watching right now, had 12 strikeouts to lead Georgia Tech past Mississippi State 4-1. to Again, Mississippi State. I don't think they should make the SEC or the NCAA tournament. But because of this SEC bias that the committee seems to have, almost basically every SEC team gets in every almost every year and it's is really upsetting to me personally. And then the last thing, UTA or Texas Arlington crushed Baylor 12-3 in five innings at home as Baylor prepared to head out to the Mary Nutter this weekend. Another extremely surprising result to me. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, 
I know Baylor is having a hard time transitioning because they're in more of a rebuild, a retooling type of situation. But I, they should be better against UTA. UTA is not even a top team in the Sun Belt, who's a very good softball conference. It's just puzzling to me. But anyway, there's your recap of week two. Let's move on to the week three schedule. Today, Wednesday, in about 11 minutes, you got Clemson at Charlotte. <coughs> Excuse me. And this game was supposed to happen today, but because of inclement weather, it has been canceled. So I will not mention it. <clears throat> um, but the game was North Texas at Texas. That game has been canceled because of inclement weather. So you don't have to worry about that. Tomorrow, on Thursday, Alabama at Louisiana. This will be a great barometer for whether Louisiana could make a deep run into the uh, College World Series. Um, and the game's at home for Louisiana. So I'm very excited to see what they can bring to the table. Friday, George Washington at Liberty. I know it's not glamorous, especially because I'm ragging on George Washington, it seems like, in this episode. But I'm interested to see it. Wichita State at Charlotte. After going undefeated this past weekend, I'm intrigued to see how Charlotte does when they get Wichita State to their field. Also, they'll host Minnesota on Friday as well. So I'm very intrigued to see how Charlotte handles both of those teams. I mentioned James Madison's schedule getting tough. They play Ole Miss on Friday. And I still think they have a legitimate shot to win that game as long as Alyssa Humphrey is in the circle. Not that I'm bagging on Alexis Bermudez or any of the other pitchers James Madison has. I think she just gives them the best chance to win. Notre Dame, Iowa. I want to see where Iowa and Notre Dame are at. Um, both coming off of... Yeah, so-so weekends. Um, Ole Miss at Central Florida. I want to see if Central Florida can rebound from the tough weekend and see if they can beat Ole Miss on their home field. Arizona State at Texas is going to be a fantastic matchup. One, because I want to see Texas get back to playing good softball. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's what I want. Michigan at Duke, wonderful matchup. Um, maybe we'll see Alex Duraco versus um, Peyton St. George. Um, or maybe we'll see Megan Bobian versus, uh, I think it's Claire Davidson is their other pitcher that they have. North Carolina at Georgia. Um, I'm not entirely convinced by Georgia yet this season, and I want to see if North Carolina can sort of get back to the way they looked the first weekend of the season. And Boston University at Clemson. We I've already said Boston University has a knack for doing time. I mean, they beat, they won at Georgia. Um, and I want to see if they can replicate that magic at Clemson. Saturday, Wichita State at Charlotte again. James Madison at Central Florida should be a very good game. Minnesota-Wichita State will get to play each other. Oklahoma State at Texas A&M. I think Oklahoma State should beat the crap out of them. But I, I, I just don't know at this point. 
Texas State at Texas. I want to see if Texas State can show something special and be able to take them down. Arizona State, Texas State. Basically the same reason for that one. Michigan at Duke again and North Carolina, Georgia again. Sunday, James Madison in Florida. I I know Florida looks like a juggernaut, but I'm very intrigued to see how this James Madison team pitches uh, plays. And I know Alyssa Humphrey will be in the circle for that game. Um, so I'm very intrigued to see that game. Minnesota-Wichita State play each other again. Florida at Central Florida. In-state rivals going against each other. I think Florida will win, but you never know. Oklahoma State at Texas A&M again. Arizona State at Texas again. Uh, Alabama-Louisiana play each other again on Sunday. Another chance for Louisiana to show that they have what it takes to make a deep run. And Virginia Tech against Troy. Virginia Tech's top 10 team right now. Can Leanna Johnson shut down uh, Virginia Tech and lead them to a victory? I'm very intrigued to find out. And then on Tuesday, UVA at Liberty. This isn't because Virginia's any good at softball. It's just in-state rivalry. It's intriguing to me. Michigan at North Carolina. That should be an intriguing one. I think Michigan will win that. But again, who knows? And weather could also play a role in whether these games get played or not. And lastly, Central Arkansas at Arkansas. I've already mentioned Central Arkansas's ability to beat top competition. I'm intrigued to see if they can do it again. <clears throat> Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic. Let's look at the schedule for that quickly. Thursday, uh, Tennessee BYU. Interested to see if Ashley Rogers will be back in the circle for Tennessee. Arizona, Cal State, Fullerton. And uh, San Diego State and Cal State, Fullerton. Friday, Oregon Northwestern. Should be a very intriguing matchup to see Daniel Williams going up against the Oregon batters. Oregon, Missouri. I want to see if Missouri can kind of put off their loss to Maryland and take down Oregon. Tennessee, Oregon State. Again, that kind of depends on Ashley Rogers against Mariah Mazon, but we'll see. Missouri, Texas Tech, Baylor, Oregon State, Little Marymount, Washington, San Diego State, Northwestern, San Diego State, Washington, and Iowa State, UCLA. Saturday, Missouri, San Diego State, Oklahoma, Arizona. Could that be the game that... Um, Jocelyn Allo breaks the all-time home run record for a career. Uh, you'll have to stay tuned and find out. Long Beach State, BYU, Missouri, Washington, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Northwestern, Washington, UCLA, Tennessee, UCLA, and Baylor. Although Baylor's losing a little bit of their luster for me after that loss to UTA. Um, and Oregon and Cal State Fullerton. Moving on to Sunday, Oklahoma, Utah, Iowa State, Washington, Texas Tech, Northwestern, UCLA, Missouri, and Oregon and Long Beach State. So that's your week three scheduled or the games that I'm looking out for this week. Um, 
Let's move on to our last topic, the statistics leaders, Indi starting with individuals. Haley Lee of Texas A&M leads the nation batting average .655. Charlize Palacios of Arizona is third in the nation in RBIs per game with 1.89. Jocelyn Allo fourth with 1.8. 17 pitchers have a zero ERA. Too many pitchers to put all down. Emma Limley of Virginia Tech is second in strikeouts per seven innings with 13.8. Montana Fouts third with 13.1. And then I mentioned her name earlier uh, for San Diego State. Maggie Ballant is fifth with 12.9. Frankie Hamoudi of Oregon State is third in slugging with a 1.308. And Jocelyn Allo sits in fourth with a 1.3. Haley Lee, third in on-base percentage at a .762. Addison Barnard of Wichita State leads the nation in stolen bases per game with 1.44. KB Sides of Arkansas is second with 1.4. Bailey Van Noy of Charlotte leads the nation in hits with 20, while Haley Lee is second with 19. Jocelyn Allo leads the nation in home runs right now with seven. Frankie Hamoudi sits in second with six. Jocelyn Allo also leads the nation in RBIs with 18, while Charlize Palacios sits in fourth with 17. And lastly, for individual stat leaders, Leanna Johnson of Troy leads the nation in strikeouts with 69. Keely Richard sits in second with 61. Alex Duraco of Michigan is third with 58, and Maggie Ballant and Danielle Williams are tied for fourth with 57. Moving on to our team stats. <clears throat> Excuse me. Leading the nation in batting average is Louisiana with a .453, Oklahoma second with a .9, uh, .397, Texas A&M is third with a .369. Syracuse, funny enough, comes in at 4th with a .363. Florida State, 5th, .362. Oklahoma leads the nation in ERA with 0, which is crazy to think they've given up no earned runs through two weeks now. But Louisiana is 2nd with a .4 ERA. Florida, 4th, .55. And Oregon State is 5th at .75. Boise State, uh, Boise State leads the nation in fielding percentage with a perfect field uh, fielding percentage. Bama, Alabama's third with a .995. Michigan's fourth, also .995. The separator being games played. Oklahoma leads the nation in home runs per game at two and a half. Duke is second with 2.2. Wichita State third, 2.11. Coastal Carolina is fourth with two per game. Nebraska comes in at 5th with 1.9. Oklahoma also leads the nation in scoring at 9.5 runs per game. North Dakota State and Louisiana are second, tied for second at 9.33. Syracuse comes in at 5th with 8.9 runs per game. Louisiana leads in slugging with .807. Oklahoma second, .762. Wichita State, 3rd, .683. Texas A&M, 4th, .657. Iowa State, 5th, .656. Seven teams remain undefeated through 
as of Monday, Texas A&M, Florida, Florida State, Oklahoma, Alabama, USC Upstate, and Louisiana. Bama leads the nation in strikeout-to-walk ratio at 15.2. Oregon State second, 15.17. Sandy, oh boy. I'm gonna. I, San Diego State is third, 13.43. North Texas is fourth with a 9.17. Florida State fifth, 8.5. Texas A&M leads the nation in walks with 61. Troy is second, 57. Georgia Tech and UTSA tied for third at 51, and Nebraska is fifth at 50. And lastly, Louisiana leads the nation on base percentage at .506, Oklahoma second, .492, Texas A&M third, .487, Iowa State fourth, .461, and Syracuse is fifth with a .457. Those are all the stats, the recap of the week, and the week three schedule. <clears throat> Basically, my biggest disappointment of the week is obviously Texas going 0-5 down in Clearwater. Um, some of my teams of the week, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Florida State, uh, Alabama. Those are probably my top four teams of the week. Um, so that's all I got for you this week. Um, it's, you know, we're... Going in, we are rolling into the third week of the season as I'm watching Georgia Tech play Georgia State right now on the ACC network. Um, we are just steamrolling into week three. Looking forward to a lot of softball um, across the ESPN networks and ESPN Plus. As always, um, I just watch as much softball as you can. Stay up to date. Be knowledgeable of what's going on. Um, there's a lot going on, a lot going down, a lot to keep up with. When is Jocelyn Allo going to hit her record-breaking home run? Stay tuned for that. Um, but I hope everyone had a great week. I hope everyone has a great week to come. Enjoy as much softball as you can get your uh, eyeballs on. And let's have a great week, everybody. Thank you again for listening. That wraps up week three of the Around the Bases podcast. See you next week, everybody. Have a great week.